Testing, 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 testing. Test, test, test. One, two, one, two. Ooh, look at those lines. We got some audio. Got it. <laughs> Where's the? Do another. Dramatic. Drama. Passion. Hi, I'm Jason Phillips. Hi, I'm Leah Popovic, and you're listening to Our Five Cents. A podcast brought to you by the University of Rhode Island student-run newspaper, The Good Five Cent Cigar. This is your walk to class. All the news you need to know and the time it'll take you to walk from Keeney to Swan. Well, as promised from our second episode last week, we should probably kick it off with some mask mandate updates. Indeed, yes. So, as we said last week, starting on last Friday at 5 p.m. at the day's end, uh, the university's mask mandate got lifted for all settings that are non-academic and non-research. Um... This pretty much means, according to uh, Ellen Reynolds, that the university is now only requiring masks in active classrooms and in active research labs. Ellen Reynolds did mention that one-way masking is effective for many situations. So students who are uncomfortable not having masks in public are still able to wear their masks. And students who feel comfortable taking their masks off are able to in, again, non-academic settings. Um, This is a really big deal. For the first time since the fall 2020 semester, we are seeing mask mandates and COVID guidelines being lifted. Yeah, I mean, for uh, for myself, this is the first time I've seen people's faces around campus, like in the library or in the Ramsden, um, since I came here in, in 2020 as a freshman. So, you know, we get that extra little interpersonal interaction of seeing mm-hmm. people's faces. It's, it's relieving, and I hope that... Um, our community stays safe with this uh, loosening of the mandate. Exactly. Well, Leah, how are you doing this week? I am doing. I am ready for spring break, I will admit. I'm also looking forward to the spring break. You know, it'll be nice to have that break. Um, I know a lot of students right now are feeling a lot of stress. And, um, you know, it's a hard time. But I think everybody seems to be getting through it really well. Um a couple events have been actually going on in the recent weeks to help students de-stress. One of them that we covered, our news editor, Juliana Lepore. Lepore. Juliana Lepore, our news editor, covered, was a yoga event, a yoga and mindfulness session. Yeah, so photos for that event were also taken by our wonderful photo editor, Maddie Bataille. Just wanted to give her a shout out, too. Um, so in this event, students were guided through a basic sun salutation, um, beginner yoga skills, and a guided meditation. Basically, it was an event organized so that students can decompress before midterm exams um, and just kind of take their mind off of things as all of these different assignments are due right before the spring break. Um, It was held in a safe space for all students in the Gender and Sexuality Center, um, which is also a center that has a lot coming up. Um, They're holding their 27th annual LGBTQ plus symposium starting just after spring break. I believe that's March 21st. So there will be a karaoke night, um, a bunch of keynote discussions, and their sex fest, which they are trying to make an annual occurrence. Um, They do things such as sex toy bingo, um, sex education, other other very interesting eye-catching events. So keep an eye out for that uh, when you guys get back from spring break. Yeah, I mean, 
Events like this, as we always say, are extremely important for students. Um, I'm so glad that we have events like this, especially in safe spaces like the Gender and Sexuality Center. Um, but you know, this was just one of the many events that was going on this week and last week um, for students to decompress during this like really stressful time between midterms and global news that's currently going on. A lot of students have been dealing with a lot of stressful emotions. So I think it's amazing that we have events like this going on on campus. And I'm so glad we got to give it some coverage. Yes, and I hope that those students that went to that yoga class are able to teach others about basic skill sets, uh, because I do think yoga and meditation are two very helpful practices that you can use when you get overwhelmed. In other news, Jason, would you like to talk about our vice president of student affairs? Of course, yes. Um, so sadly, about a week and a half ago, Kathy Collins, the former vice president of the Division of Student Affairs, resigned from her position. Kathy Collins has been serving for five years and eight months in the position. Um, she has done a lot during the time and has become a big figure at the university. Um, and she retired to go on to a consulting position where she is consulting universities to help them improve. Um, I think that this was a well-written story by our wonderful staff reporter, Aaron Brown. Um, yeah, I mean, Kathy Collins was very important at the university and to see her go was sad, but you know, she's doing it for herself. I thought that it was amazing what she talked about with the reasons why she was leaving and some of the legacy that she's leaving behind at URI. The interim vice president for the Division of Student Affairs until they find a permanent replacement for Kathy Collins will be Ellen Reynolds, the assistant vice president for student health and wellness and the director of health services. Ellen Reynolds just doing it all. She is doing it all. Hopefully we will be able to do a profile on her soon. Yes, that would be lovely. Who is looking to future editions of The Scar. Watch out. Watch out for the Ellen Reynolds profile. Yes. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, I wish Kathy Collins the best. She was one of the first big names that I got to know when I got to URI when I was mm -hmm. a freshman. Um, I, I think that she'll do great things wherever she goes from here. So um, congratulations on your new position. In more news, Leah, again, I'm not a sports head, but men's track and field? Second week in a row where we're bringing up men's track and field. And I am so excited for them. Um, this past weekend, they went to Boston for the IC4A championship after winning the A10 championship title. And they, the uh, 4 by 800 meter relay team, beat the URI 1982 record by nearly five seconds, which Unbelievable. is huge. Uh, so that was Tyler Rubush, Liam Creeley, Colin Oaks, and Kellen Waters. They ran the 4x800 and absolutely smashed it. They also set records for being the sixth fastest time in IC4A history and the second fastest time in the NCAA this year for this race. So congratulations to men's track and field. You guys did an amazing job in the indoor season. Um, outdoor season begins in April, and I'm sure that you guys will keep bringing the heat. Exactly. I mean, we have some impressive sports teams this year. We've had some teams that are killing it, but men's track and field, it seems like they've consistently delivered. And, you know, again, they deliver, really... Deliver! <laughs> they are killing the game. 
Our last story this week is a bit more sad. Um, this one was a hard one. Uh, our editor-in-chief emerita, Kate LeBlanc, uh, who also set up this podcast. Thank you, Thank Kate. Thank you, Kate, for this podcast. Also, thank you, Leah Crowley. Yes. Going to shout them both out. Uh, Kate came back to write a story that was very close to her about the passing of Earl Smith III. Um, Earl Smith III uh, served as the assistant dean of the College of Arts and Sciences. He was a legendary figure at the University of Rhode Island. He went to Rhode Island, uh, University of Rhode Island as an undergraduate and worked here for many years before going to get his doctorate, and then he came back. Um, he is a figure that has ingrained himself in the talent development program in the College of Arts and Sciences and just about everywhere. If I'm not mistaken, he also graduated from the talent development program. He did, um, yes. That is just such an amazing piece of representation for the talent development program, which produces such amaz- amazing students and scholars. Um, for him to come back to URI um, was just a really, really wonderful story of persistence um, and dedication to education. And his passing is is very shocking and saddening to the entire community, especially those who were close to him. Smith was again, such a prolific figure on campus, and everybody knew him as a giver. He gave everything to students, and nothing was too much for him to do. He would give everything to anyone, and that was just what was so amazing about him. Um, Kate was able to talk to eight or nine people who were former colleagues and friends of Smith who were able to give some insight about what he was like and the legacy he lives he leaves behind at URI. It's yeah, it's really important to to recognize everything that he's done for the university and for people at this university. So thank you, Kate, for taking this story. We always welcome you back with open arms. You did an amazing job highlighting Earl Smith's contributions to the university, um, and we hope that everyone can read Kate's article um, to learn a bit more about him if you didn't know him. Um, or just to get some insight about him and honor him in the light that he deserves. Exactly. Um, If during this hard time you need any support, you can always go to Health Services or the Counseling Center um, who offer help to students and faculty during these hard times. Um, Yeah, and if anybody would like to talk about their experiences with Earl Smith, who did not get a chance to talk to Kate, or even who did get a chance to talk to Kate, you can reach out to URICigar at gmail.com to send in a letter to the editor or an opinion piece about your experiences with Earl Smith. Um, He was such a prolific figure, and it was absolutely heartbreaking to hear about his passing. And before we sign off today, we want to make sure to wish everyone a happy Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very happy with a panel that URI held this past week that featured seven women who are a part of the URI community that spoke about their individual women's rights topics um, that matter the most to them, and even featured URI's first lady, Mary Parlange. Yes. And I think that... It was extremely important that they spoke about visibility for transgender women. Um, The panel covered all women, not only cisgendered white women, um, which I think is extremely important. So happy Women's History Month. Um, We love women. We do. And if I can also highlight 
our wonderful contributing reporter, Sarah Sullivan, who has been doing science writing columns this semester with us, recently put out an article this week about women in STEM. So she highlighted two current graduate students from the University of Rhode Island and one student who recently graduated with a master's from the University of Rhode Island who are currently in STEM. It was amazingly written. Um, and it really highlighted, you know, an area that women are after, often underrepresented in. So happy Women's History Month to everyone. Hug your favorite woman today. Thank you guys for listening to our third episode of this semester. Um, make sure to grab a copy of this week's cigar on a shelf in basically any building on campus. And check out our website at roadiescigar.com. We also have social accounts such as Twitter and Instagram at Cigar. We hope that you got to class safely.